Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm podcast. I am here today with Vicki Ball. She is an author friend of mine from Twitter, and she lives in the UK. So we are going to um, chat today. Uh, I am gradually kind of moving the podcast over um, from just random chats to more of an author highlight type thing. So um, we will definitely have some uh, plenty of book discussions with Vicki today, as well as highlighting her book and uh, talking about her writing process and all of that kind of fun stuff. So I hope you enjoy. Uh, Grab your tea, grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline, and we're going to get started. Vicki, how are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we had to we had to reschedule. I think from either last week or the week before. Um, and uh, I'm I'm really glad that we were able to make it on today. Um, I will yeah, I will say real quick for listeners. I meant to say this in the introduction. We're having a bit of sound issue. I don't know if it's going to translate into the recording. I hope it doesn't. But if it does, please bear with us. We are going to power through and we're going to do our best to give you a really great chat um, despite some of the the sound and, and talk issues that we are having. So uh, we're just going to we're going to power through it. We're going to make it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, OK, um, real quick, I'm going to read a, a little bio that I saw um, about you from Amazon. Um, and then if there's anything that you would like to add to it or. Um, kind of talk about just a little bit more. Um, feel free to do that. Um, so Vicki has been a teacher for 14 years. I love teachers. Teachers are like my favorite people in the whole entire world. She is currently teaching English at a school in Suffolk. She has always loved writing and has been doing it for many years. She has been on numerous writing courses, which have allowed her to share her love of writing with others. She is also a passionate reader, enjoying a variety of genres, especially thrillers. She lives in North Essex with her husband and two teenage daughters. Powerless is her first novel and a dream come true. So what, what is your favorite part about being a teacher? Oh, well, um, my favorite part of being a teacher, um, well, I love just, you know, the variety of it. I love interacting with the kids. Um, you know, you just have these little special moments when they, when they say things that you're totally, you know, you don't expect them to say, you know, and it's just, you know, having these little, you know, building relationships with them and, you know, a lot, you know, it can be great fun. So to do all that. And, and I love the subjects as well, you know, obviously English <laughs> is a great subject. 
you know, we get to read some great things and they, you know, especially like it when we can do creative writing as well. So, yeah, yeah. My, two of my teachers in high school were my favorite teachers like of all time. So, and they were both English teachers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I loved English when I was at school. So, you know, and, and especially, yeah, doing the creative writing thing was always really fun. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was, that was never. Writing was never my. The creative writing part was never my my favorite part. Um, I love writing in my blog, but if you ask me to write a short story or a book, there would be no way. Um, I like I am good at like the describing of things, but if you ask me to write dialogue, I get caught up in the grammar of it all and it's hard for me to write dialogue the way people speak i think i'm the opposite to that actually i find dialogue a lot easier than descriptions you know you ask you know i kind of struggle to describe things in a lot of detail but you know but i suppose that's my style so <laughs> then dialogue seems to come a lot more naturally so well, that's yeah, that's good because I mean, for people like me, um, I mean, I edit and I proofread and you know, and I work with authors to make their books really awesome. But you know, reading somebody else's dialogue and making sure that it sounds like real people talk is one thing. Trying to create my own is a completely different story. There's just there's absolutely no way. Um, and, you know, my friend Caroline always says, you know, never say never. She's like, you can, you can write a book someday. And I was like, okay, well, let me, let me change that from I can't write a book to I have absolutely no desire to write a book. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference. It is just not in the stars for me. I just, you know. Um, okay, so I want to talk a little bit about your book. Um, the first time that I actually saw it was when I was going through and setting up semi-final voting for the Picky Bookworm Book Awards, um, the first ones that I'm having this year. And I noticed that your book is actually up for um, Most Beautiful Cover. Wow, that's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought it was really interesting. It's, I mean, I love the cover. Um and it's all, I mean, it's just, it's really simple. It's not, um, it's, I mean, obviously your book isn't a fantasy. Um, so you're, there's going to be a lot of those fantastical elements that just aren't going to be in a book like this, but I loved the simplicity of it. Um, and I, I think that's probably why whoever nominated, I have absolutely no idea. Um, but whoever nominated it, that's probably why they did, because there there's just a beauty in the simplicity of your cover. Um, definitely um, makes me want to read the book, um, especially after I read the blurb. Um, I thought the blurb made, it, made the book sound really good. So I'm going to read the blurb just real quick. And then um, I have some questions about... Um, like your, your writing process and, and how powerless came out, you know, into being and, and all of that stuff. So let me, let me read the blurb just real quick and then we'll talk. Beth has it all a grammar school education, a stay at home mother who dotes on her, a father who works hard on his own business and a little sister who adores her. But when an older man takes an interest in her, 
The innocence she once had is slowly ripped away from her. Seven years later, Abby, her younger sister, has her life turned upside down again on Christmas Eve when pink-haired, skinny Beth turns up out of the blue. Life starts to take a turn for the worse. Now a teenager herself, Abby barely recognizes this stranger. When Beth starts receiving threatening text messages and nightmares disturb her sleep, Abby knows it is not good news. But why won't Beth talk about it? Why is she so powerless? Abby is tired of explaining that she is not a little kid anymore. In a world away from their comfortable life, Abby begins to see snippets of Beth's broken life and the men who would stop at nothing to get what they wanted. With her parents' marriage on the brink of collapse, Abby wonders whether life will ever return to normal. So that sounds really thrilling. Um, it kind of, it almost has just a little bit of, um, not quite in the same way, but just like a little bit of maybe Pretty Little Liars um, type mm. feel to it. Um, the threatening text messages and, and all of that just kind of give um, give me that, that vibe. Um, yeah, yeah I, someone said that the other day, actually, when they saw my book and they read the blurb. And, yeah, it was a teenager said the same thing, actually. Um, yeah, obviously it's an indie book, so it's going to take, um, you know, those well-known tropes that we know and love um, and turn it on its head. Um, what... Um, and I know this is not one of the questions we prepared. I'm so sorry. Um, what, what are some of the tropes that you used in the book and how do you think that you maybe turned them on their head? So, so what do you, what do you mean by tropes? Like, um, a trope, um, I, I consider a trope like a, like a cliche, um, like a cliche story. Um, vampires would be a trope, um, in, okay, yeah. in romance, um, enemies to lovers would be a trope. Um, friends to lovers would be a trope. Um, so it's just, it's kind of like those, um, story formulas, I guess would be, um, would be a good, a good way to describe it. Like various formulas that you would use to create your story. Yeah, I suppose um, when I was thinking about my story, I was thinking about a teenager going missing. And I thought about how there's quite a lot of stories where if the teenager returns, you know, how it affects the parents. And so I thought it'd be good to sort of look at it from the sibling's point of view. Um, so, you know, the younger sibling that's sort of, you know, was very young when she went missing and how would she feel about it? And how would she feel suddenly when her sister, older sister comes back? So I think that was my original idea. And I guess that kind of goes against what maybe has been out there before. And so I just thought it'd be a good sort of original take on it because, you know, she'd have all these questions about who's this strange sister that's suddenly come back in my life. And Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, that's one of the things that I love about indie and self-published books. And I say this all the time it's you know basically my business centers around it um is you know that idea that indie authors and self-published authors you aren't constrained by the requirement to remain marketable 
you know, the, the major publishers and, and the traditional publishers, you know, they have this idea of what readers want. Um, and in some ways they're right. Uh, but in a lot of ways, I don't think they are. And, you know, indie authors, a lot of times are readers themselves. And yeah. so they will write what they themselves would want to read. And for me, that's what makes those books more marketable than if, you know, because when you go to Barnes and Noble, chances are if you pick up a book, you're buying the author. You're not necessarily yeah. buying that book. You know, you're you're buying because you know what to expect from that author. And when it comes to Indian self-published books, it's more, you know, we're going to buy that book because that book sounds interesting. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I definitely wanted to create that well sense of mystery and, you know, you don't know what to expect. And, you know, and I think, you know, even when you read the back, it's sort of, you know, there's still loads of mysteries there and questions. So, yeah. Um, so I, I had somebody that I was talking to on Twitter earlier today, um, yesterday and earlier today, that um, they were... Uh, you know, I had mentioned they were, they were wanting um, editing services on an unfinished manuscript, which is not typical for most editors. I'm about to sneeze. I'm so sorry. Maybe. Apparently not. Okay. Thought I was about to sneeze. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, but they were they were wanting editing services basically on an unfinished manuscript, which is not something that a lot of editors will do because we want to make sure that a book remains consistent throughout the entire project. So, and, you know, I had, I had told this person, you know, go and check out um, my website, check out my prices and, and my, pro you know, my procedure and my process, you know, and all of that. And, you know, and I recommended to them that they get a beta reader first to read through yes. their book um, before I even look at it, before I even touch it. Get a beta reader to help you make sure because I'm not a beta reader. I am not going to spend my time on an unfinished manuscript. Yeah. And then, you know, when I tell you I'm done proofreading and editing, have you, you know, ask me all these questions about, okay, well, did the story make sense? And, you know, and all of that. Um, that is, that is not what I'm going to spend my time doing. So I recommended to them that they get a beta reader first. So my question to you is when you wrote powerless, did you have beta readers? How many did you have and where did you find them? Because I because I think that person was having trouble with hey, well, where do I have to find beta readers? Yeah. So yeah, so I had about ten nine not nine beta readers, I think. Yeah. Um, so some of them were my teenage daughter's friends because it's because it's a young adult, you know, a young adult novel. I thought it'd be really good to get some teenage perspectives on it. Um, I also had another author from uh, Twitter. And who else did I have? I had a couple of my friends as well who were just like really into books and really wanted to help. And oh, one of my writing friends who I meet up in person with. And there was a couple of colleagues as well that I work with. So one of them was um, the head of English at my school. So he was, oh, he's wow. like my wow. Yeah. 
Um, so, and yeah, he actually offered. I mean, I wasn't going to ask him because I felt bad. You know, it's, it's a long kind of task to do this. But he actually said, oh, yeah, I really want to do this. And during the summer holidays last year, he basically read it twice because he said, after he read it the first time, he said, you know, if you need any other help. And I said, well, actually, you know, once I've edged it with all the beta reader feedback, I'm probably going to need someone to look over it again to make sure I haven't made any new mistakes. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'll look at it again. And he made, you know, amazing amount of feedback and so helpful. So, yeah, I mean, they were invaluable. I mean, I couldn't have done without them. And, I mean, even teenagers came up with some really good things, like one of them mentioned the fact that I'd put how they were using Instagram before it was invented. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah you, you don't you don't want to do that because then you're gonna have readers going what uh, yeah okay so so basically you know what i recommended to this person was you know you can um you can send out a tweet on twitter um and just ask for beta readers there's tons out there um a lot of them are authors themselves and are always willing to help out um other authors um i know my friend caroline is a beta reader I don't know how many books she has in her queue. So, of course, I didn't want to volunteer her um, for this. Um, and, you know, and I understand that this this person is frustrated because they're, you know, they're like, I know where the story is going. Yeah, it's not done, but I know exactly where the story is going and nobody is willing to touch it until it's done. And, you know, I'm like, well, there's reasons for that there's a lot of reasons for that um you know but i you know don't really want to work on it um yeah. until it's completely done um but you know at the same time you know i really think that they need to get you know the, the beta readers and, and make sure that their story is going in that uh, in that direction that they really want it to go and, th and that it makes sense yeah. um, and that is just not something that I do <laughs> it's not something yeah. that I'm willing to do I I, well, I review books on my blog and I edit and proofread that's enough reading for me <laughs> yeah that's a different I, kind of skill isn't it yeah I'm not gonna add beta reading on top of that yeah I know I mean Instagram is pretty helpful as well because when I was looking for like uh, an arc arc reviewer you know when it was finished and i wanted to get reviews up before it's published i actually put a thing out on instagram um to, to find art reviews so I'm sure, I'm sure you could do the same with beta readers as well okay yeah i will i will be sure to let them know that as well um so what are your favorite writing tools like do you just type in word or do you have you know various things that you use to help in your writing process i i mainly just use the laptop and word to be honest i mean i do have my notebook i mean i have lots of different notebooks for different things but i do have my writing notebook which i kind of use to do a bit of planning sort of or write lists of things i need to do um sometimes i'll write bits in the book first and then transfer it on type it up but most of the time i'll just type it up on the laptop and yeah, so I don't really use anything special apart from that, but <laughs> you, <laughs> pretty do basic. You, do you listen to music while you write? Sorry, what was that? Do you listen to music while you write? Um, occasionally. Um, I mean, sometimes actually, because, you know, we've got an office, but I don't tend to go in it much because it's quite cold. Uh, <laughs> I do it quite, uh, I do it mostly in the in the lounge. And if, if the, my girls are in there, sometimes they're watching TV, 
and so I'll be writing and I can kind of tune it out quite well and I just write while it's all going on around me and it can be a bit chaotic but sometimes the music from what they're watching on Netflix can actually help <laughs> to inspire me maybe give the yeah I, I have a there's a song that I listened to for a while that it was a I don't I'm not even sure who it was by um, the name of the song was um, Talkie Talkie, but it was not the one with Selena Gomez and Cardi B and DJ Snake. It was not that the newer one. It was, but I was driving home in my car and I had this song playing and I was blasting this song. Like I had the volume up so loud and, you know, windows down and, you know, just rocking out to this song. And all of a sudden, I just, you know, I had this, like, wave of creativity, like, just, you know, kind of come over me. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go home and be creative. I'm ready to, like, go do something. And, yeah, that just <laughs> You know, so, you know, various types of music and, and various songs can have that inspire, you know, that in mm-hmm. inspiring, wow, words, um, have that inspiring effect um on people um and on various aspects of the writing process so um i know yeah, some authors, i know some others just listen to classical music or electronic music or you know that type of thing so um so how long did it take you to write powerless so probably about five years in total but i mean that was obviously on top of working part Oh, some of the time I was full time, and then I'm part time now. Um, and the kids, as they were growing up a bit, so they're a bit older now. So it's kind of doing it in between that. Um, but I finished it in lockdown, which was obviously helpful to <laughs> have that extra time. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, about five years in total. But I've, but I've started writing another one. It's been a lot quicker, and I'm almost finished that one. So I think I'm getting speedier as I get a, get the hang of it. <laughs> nice. nice. What is your next book about? Um, so it's about a was it, again it's about teenagers and it's about a teenage girl who's got an alcoholic mum and she finds out this shocking secret and and she's also got other things going on in her life so and her mum's like got a stodgy boyfriend and so it's kind of you know lots of things going on and stuff but yeah that's the basic book sounds interesting so um in your in your amazon bio it said that you enjoy reading thrillers um is that the only genre that you read or what are some of your favorite genres uh no i definitely i mean i love thrillers that's probably my favorite but i do like reading other stuff as well i mean i really like um like his i like historical um stories as well i mean i loved um stalin's door john sinclair i don't know if you've heard of it or I have heard of it. Yeah. that was amazing but I mean I love to read that because I love you know I love history and I love learning about history in a kind of a fictional way as well because it might, kind of makes you want to read more about it and you know find out how much we, it was actually true and so yeah that's that's really good um I don't normally actually read romance but Nicola Lowe's books kind of got me into romance <laughs> and so I've, you know I've read all three of hers so far um obviously she's got a new one coming out hasn't she but um, and I really talking, enjoyed them. You're talking about my guest from last week, right? Yes, Nic- yeah. Nicola? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because um, in December when I I had COVID in December and I felt really awful and I was lying in bed and and I read her Christmas one and it really cheered me up. So it was kind of nice to read some light-hearted stuff when you feel a bit rubbish. And, yeah. 
Um, but I also like um, Morton Leader's um, books. And I don't, I don't know what genre you class those as, because um, he kind of writes, I don't know, if they're thrillers or kind of, you know, I mean, they're sort of historical bit histories of life, but they're a bit out there. I think a little bit bonkers, but that's why I like them. I think. <laughs> We always like them with being bonkers in our life. Um, So do you prefer, do you prefer an e-reader or do you prefer a hard copy book? Um, I used to just, just like paperbacks, but then for my birthday last year, my husband bought me a Kindle because I thought it'd be really handy actually, because there's so many bargains you can pick up and, you know, when people do like free deals and stuff and I thought I'm missing out here. And and I, you know, I love to read all the stuff that people put on Twitter, all the other, support all the other authors. So, so yeah, I got a Kindle and I'm, yeah, I've got, I've got so many books on it now that I'm probably never going to have time to read them all, but <laughs> it's great to have them. And I, and I think when I go on holiday, it'll be good to take the Kindle with me. And <laughs> I, yeah, I, I tell people, um, I got, uh, I kind of stole this phrase from uh, my friend Katie, uh, but my, my TBR is practically sentient. It's like, it screams at me like every single day because there's so many books on it. I think I have over 500 on my Kindle right now. Wow. Yeah. And, so easy to get them. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I, I don't know when I'm going to get to them all. I'm like, mm. I, I just don't. Maybe when my, when running the picky bookworm is full time, mm. um, you know, and I can actually set aside time every day to actually read mm. for my great. job. Cause you know, I have to, cause it's my job now. Um, I think that'll be, that'll be really nice when I'll be able to, um, you know, set aside time to, um, mm. you know, to actually read and, you know, because right now I read before bed and that's pretty much the only time that I, yeah, read. I mean, I read before bed, but then also when it's school holidays, I, I read a lot more because, you know, I have a bit more time in the day. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, do you have any tips uh, for any other authors, maybe some routines or things that made it easier for you to write? Um, I think having having little goals, I mean, I try not to put too much pressure on myself because, you know, it's busy and it, otherwise it gets too stressful. But, I, you know, I try and have little goals like, you know, I want to finish this bit by next month or you know, I want to have the whole thing finished by two months or, you know, just, I think setting yourself little goals is good, but I think also not beating yourself up if you don't manage to do everything you need to do or you want to do because, you know, life is busy and gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? And and it is hard. I mean, I find it a struggle to write when I'm working because I'm so tired when I get home. So I do only try and, you know, I do only work uh, my days off or weekends, but then recently it's been difficult doing that as well because I've had to take the girls places or, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, and they've got a lot going on because they're taking exams and they're applying for university. So it's, it's kind of a bit busy year this year. <laughs> so, but yeah, so yeah, just not doing that. And I don't know, um, like keeping up on Twitter is also a really good thing. I think for getting marketing tips and, you know, just getting engagement with other writers as well. It's, it's just, you need to learn lots of things from other writers. I mean, there's so, so many good people out there. And it's also good, obviously, to plug your own book. So. Yeah. Um, I, you know, one, of the, one of the things that I tell authors, you know, as one of my favorite marketing tips is the one thing 
that they seem to be most loath to do is share your book links. Even if you don't say a word about the book, just, you know, every once in a while, every like maybe three or four days, even, you know, once a week, schedule it or something to just send yeah, out that book link. And, you know, because I, one of my favorite things as I'm scrolling through um, Twitter is seeing all of those various book links. Um, and, you know, every once in a while, one will catch my eye and I'll head over to Amazon and, you know, I have to buy it, even though I know it's going to be a while before I actually read it. Um, you know, I love being able to support other, you know, support authors in that way. Um, even, even if I know I'm not going to read it right away, um, if I see a book that catches my fancy, I will, you know, I will definitely purchase it. And so, yeah, sharing those book links. Um, is- I think it's good to have a kind of a balance between it as well, though, because I think when when there's this kind of buzz around a book, you know, it's not, you know, not just maybe them sharing links, but also that people are talking about it. That makes yeah. you want to read it because you feel like you're missing out. Yeah. I think I had that bit with Stalin's door, you know, everyone was sort of going on about it. And I was thinking, oh, what is this book that everyone's going on about, you know, and, and the same with paper castles and, you know, um, so I think there's there's that as well, and it's so it's kind of thinking of ways of sharing it about your book in a sort of in creative, inventive ways as well. I mean, I try and if people sort of tweet about my book, I try and share it or you know make a big deal out of it or share reviews as well. And you know, yeah, I suppose it, it kind of goes against our sort of we don't want to boast about it, but yeah, you always have to because otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. But yeah, I I told I can't I can't even think of how many times I've told other authors I'm like brag about your book do you have any idea how many people can't do what you do i am one of those people despite my friend caroline's objections to the contrary i cannot do what what authors do and you know so when somebody has and when somebody has created that work of art yes it is a work of art when they've done that and they've completed it and they have put it out there in the world, brag about it, please. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a big deal, so yeah. It is a huge deal. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, I tell authors, I'm like, share your book links. Do, I mean, that is like the one thing. I mean, be strategic about it. Don't like hop in people's comments, obviously, yeah, yeah. and you know, share your book link when it has absolutely nothing to do with the subject matter. Um, that's just rude. Don't do that. Um, yeah, but, yeah. you know, tweet, like, you know, there's, um, social schedulers, um, that are free, I believe that you can just put links in there and schedule, um, you know, go in, schedule to share your book link every, you know, four days, every week. Um, and just, you know, keep doing that because, you know, it will end up on your fans pages it will end up on the people who are meant to read your book and who are meant to enjoy it and share it and read about it so yeah definitely do not be scared to share your book links yeah and i I love it when people post and say like totally out of the blue it'd be like oh i'm reading this i'm reading powerless and it's like oh wow great (laughs) (laughs) totally didn't even realize (laughs) so it's yeah it's just nice to have that out of the blue or or, you know they just got a copy of it and they send me a picture of them holding it and it's just oh that's so exciting (laughs) 
So what, um, coming, coming back to powerless, I don't remember if I asked, what was your inspiration for writing powerless? Um, I think, well, I, I sort of, you know, touched on a bit how, you know, I thought it'd be good to talk about a teenager that went missing. I suppose. So I was a bit like, yeah, so that was kind of the first inspiration really just like, a, I just had this idea of a teenager going missing and then I don't really know yeah, where it came from, just kind of, <laughs> but, and then, then the rest of it, why she went missing kind of came later, but obviously I've, I've got my, my, my daughter's a teenager, so, you know, and I teach teenagers, so I guess I get inspiration from all around me, <laughs> um, you know, my daughter's sometimes essay lines, which might end up in my book, but, <laughs> so you have to be careful what you say, but, yeah, um, and, yeah, I think it's just, and I, I find sort of, yeah, like thriller stuff, hard-hitting stuff, kind of easier to write about. I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to write happy stuff, but it just doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, my dad, when, when I had the book launch, he was very keen for everyone to know that my childhood was very normal and that this is not based on my childhood or anything. <laughs> so. You were a good dad, Dad. Come on. Yeah, don't worry. It's, it's okay. Not... <laughs> um, so are you reading anything right now? So, yeah, at the moment I'm reading um, Emma and the Minotaur by John Harara. Yep. Um, so it's, I think it's like a children's book, but it's, you know, I've seen it lots there and I think it was, it was, yeah, it was giving it away on Kindle free. So I picked it up and thought, yeah, why not? <laughs> but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's, yeah, it's, it's a kind of like a children's fantasy story. What's, what's it about? Would you recommend it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's about a girl who is this kind of people going missing in her town and there's this forest and it's kind of got magical qualities and she's, yeah, she's got to figure it all out, sort of thing. Yeah, okay. so it's really good. And that's by John Herrera? Yes. What is the name of the thing? Um, Emma, Emma and the Minotaur. Emma and the Minotaur, okay. Um, okay, so I will include a link to that uh, in the show notes, everybody. Um, what, do you have any other book recommendations? So, uh, what else am I like reading? Um, so I mentioned Morton Leader, so I like, you know, pretty much all, I've read all of his books now, <laughs> so I like his books, and Kit Derrick as well, his books are really good, and both of, both of them actually are really sort of easy to read kind of styles, which I really like, you know, I don't really go into the mass description kind of style, um, um, what else did I like, um, Walking on Thin Ice by Robert Burns, that was, that's a really good thriller that I read around Christmas time, and We Watch You. Uh, Ennis Ford. That's another good thriller that I've read recently. What, what was that? Um, we Watch You by N.S. Ford. Okay. Are these, are these indie books? Yeah, these are all indie books, yeah. Okay, we love indie books on, on the <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. I do like reading like Jodie Bacout as well. So I do sometimes read um, other books as well. But yeah, she's good. So what, what are some hobbies that you have when you're not reading, writing, or teaching? Um, well, what do I do apart from that? <laughs> um, hanging out with friends is probably a lot of, lot of things I do. Um, got some really good friends that we, you know, we like to go on different things. Like we went to a, um, like we go on ABBA tribute night soon. So that would be good. Something to look forward to. <laughs> 
I, I worked, uh, worked with a guy years ago that dressed up as the lead singer from ABBA for Halloween. I thought that was pretty oh, cool. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> cool, yeah. Um, we got a yeah, really nice forest near us, so me and my husband like to go for walks around there, so that's good. Um, I do have a bike, which I haven't been on very much, but <laughs> I do like going on it when I do get out on it. <laughs> So, so yeah. So you uh, live in Essex, is that right? Yeah. Is yeah. Essex like a small town or is it like a bigger city? Because I don't know really much about the geography of. Uh, so Essex is like the county, which is only a, like the equivalent of a state, I guess. Um, so I live in Colchester, which is the town, which is in Essex. Um, so Colchester is probably medium-sized town in 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 England. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's reasonable side. It's not 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 like a small village or anything, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know the population. But <laughs> so, um, what what is your favorite part about the writing process? I think my ultimate favorite thing is when you first start out and you're writing a new thing, a new novel or a story. And it's just got so many possibilities, you know, at that stage, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it doesn't matter if you kind of make mistakes because you can go back and change it. And there's just, and because I don't always, you know, I don't make up a detailed plan before I start writing. I just kind of start writing and then sort of go back and plan a little bit or plan it as I go along. So for me, it's kind of that, you know, you know, there's so many possibilities that you could, you know, get through as you, as you start out. And I think, Kind of when you finished it, I felt it was a bit more stressful because then you have to make it actually make sense and <laughs> and make sure it all kind of has no mistakes. So, <laughs> whereas there's no pressure at the beginning, I think. So, do are your books set in, in England? Do I what? Sorry, are your books set in England? Oh yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're kind of set in Essex, Suffolk area, and then. Part of it's set in the Lake District. I don't know if you've ever heard of Lake District. It's this place up north where it's, it's really beautiful. They've got loads of mountains and lakes. And Because we went on holiday there a few years ago, so it's kind of based in the place where we stayed. Um, you know, had a really lovely lake there. And, and so in the book, they climb up a mountain, which is the one we climbed up. So. <laughs> That's cool. So um, what... What is your favorite part about being part of the writing community, um, especially on Twitter? Because I know a lot of authors just really, really, really like it there. I think it's just um, the support, really, you get from everyone. I feel, you know, even though I've never met any of them, you feel like you're generally friends with them. And, you know, there is just so many good tips. And there's so many people that will just, you know, retweet you or support you and... And then also getting access to all these great books that you've never would have heard of before. And I think, and all these kind of crazy ideas and you think, oh yeah, that's, that's amazing. And, and, and I think, and, you know, the fact that you can just get access to, it's sort of, you know, instant help almost, isn't it? Like you can ask a question like, oh, you know, what do I do about this? And there's, you know, there'll always be someone to reply and give you advice on something to do with writing or, so yeah, I like it just that, you know, it's always there and you can get involved with, lots of different people. Okay. Um, okay. So I am just about out of question. <laughs> um, 
what what is your I know you mentioned Martin Leader and Kit Derrick and I believe that Nicola mentioned them um, last week as well what is your favorite out of the books that you've read by Martin and um, what is your favorite out of the books that you've read by Kit okay so I think Morton's my favourite out of his is probably The Liar, The Bitch and The Warmonger. <laughs> I mean, all his books are a little bit crazy, but, that I, you know, I really like that one. It's just, what is yeah. It, really, what is it about? So, um, it's kind of about a family. I'm trying to remember it because I read it a little while ago now. But <laughs> So it's about a family kind of, it's almost, yeah, sort of like family feud and stuff in, in you know, stuff going on there, trying to figure out and, you know, find the dynamics and stuff. And and I think the great thing about Morton's book is you never know if any, who's going to survive because it's not sort of a typical, you know, oh, they're the main character, they're not going to die. <laughs> Anyone can die. <laughs> and so it can be totally out of the blue. It's like, oh, my gosh, God, we've killed them off. And <laughs> but, yeah, I, I love the kind of unexpectedness. And, I mean, like his most – well, actually, it's his debut novel, but I read it just recently – um, that that sort of started off kind of ordinary. I'm thinking, oh, this isn't like him. But then it kind of went a bit crazy. And I was like, oh, there we go. <laughs> that's that's more like it. <laughs> so I just like that it's very unexpected. Um, and Kit Derrick's, I I think my favourite is Man in the Bath, which is kind of the most bizarre idea. It's about a man who um, does like blogs from his bath, basically. And <laughs> he, he kind of blurs out all the stuff so that you can't see anything. But he kind of talks about philosophy and, you know, sort of his views on life. And it's, but then it kind of gets a bit out of hand um, when it, I, when it I kind of goes. <laughs> so it kind of goes a bit unexpected. But yeah, so I, like, I really like that one. That's really good. Um, okay. So um, what, what do you most wish people would know about indie and self-published authors what is what is the one thing that you wish people would understand um i think it would have to be how important reviews are because and how happy they make us <laughs> because i think you know i mean probably i was the same before i became an author you don't realize you know how important reviews are and i probably you know i didn't review everything that i read but when you realize that you know, you, you get this feedback from people and it's just, you know, they're telling you how great your book is. It's amazing feeling and it's, and it kind of almost validates what you're doing and you want to carry on. And, um, and also I think if you get a certain number on Amazon, they start recommending you as well. Um, so, you know, they are so important and it's obviously good for visibility to publicize your book more. And, and I, you know, a lot of my friends have bought my book, um, read it and, you know, it's, it's difficult to get people who aren't authors to write reviews. I mean, some of them have and, you know, not all of them have, but some of them say, oh, yeah, I'll do it and it's fine. They quite get around to it. And you don't want to hassle them because you feel bad. But, <laughs> but yeah, That's reviews are so cool. away. They're your friends. They'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, um, you said that you write mostly in, um, the lounge in your house. Is that your favorite part? Is that your favorite place to, to write? Um, yeah, I guess so, just because it's comfortable there, really. You know, I sit on the sofa with my laptop and, and yeah, it just kind of works, so. <laughs> do you, um, 
So do you go to the local coffee shop ever or do you drink coffee? I know a lot of authors are. No, actually, I don't drink coffee. coffee. I don't drink coffee or tea, which is very, I know, makes me a bit strange. But But no, I don't actually go to coffee shops. Um, It might be nice to do that for change. But I do sometimes try and go in the garden, but then you have the problem with the sun glaring and, you know, having to plug in your laptop and you have to get an extension. It's just far, you know, time you've done all that. It's too much hassle. But... Um, okay, so do you have, um, I have just had an idea. Do you have your Kindle handy? Is it your Kindle within reach? Uh, no, it's upstairs. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, there goes that idea. Um, okay, so let me see if I can think of some more questions for you. Um, is there, is there something that you want people to know about Powerless um, that maybe would encourage them to pick up your book rather th- I mean, other than just the blurb, what is, what is something that you would like them to know that, um, I, well, it has some twists in it, um, which when I was writing them, you know, you're not sure whether they're going to be surprising or not, because you've written it, you know, what's going to happen, but I was very happy when everyone sort of said, oh, we didn't expect that at all. So so it's got some good twists in, and lots of people say they can't put it down. You know, my latest review actually said I, they read it in a day. So, oh, I <laughs> love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a very short, sweet review. Read it in a day, amazing book, and but yay! <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so what? I mean, do you you write set in England? Um, do you write using British English? Uh, yes. Yes, I suppose I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some readers have um, have trouble, you know, bouncing back and forth between um, American and, and British English. So I was just curious. Um, so what what is your favorite part about living in England? Um, well, definitely not the weather. <laughs> um, I don't know. I suppose it's kind of there is you know so many good countryside areas seaside is not that far away and you know everywhere is kind of you know fairly accessible you can get to fairly easily you know I suppose whereas in America it takes you hours isn't it to get anywhere (laughs) so you know you can just hop on a train and you know I mean the longest it probably take is about I don't know what six hours to get to the top of England and so you can Oh, really? No. No trains? We don't have trains here. We have buses, and buses are absolutely wow. okay. horrible. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, and you know, the transport is not always brilliant, but you can get around, and, you know, London's not too far away as well. And, I mean, where we live, we're, we're sort of about 20 minutes away from the seaside. We've got a country park next to us. We've got, you know, the countryside proper kind of about, I don't know, 10 minutes away. And London's about an hour away. So, you know, I think we've got good, and Cambridge is only about an hour away as well. So, you know, we've got loads of places we can go and visit. And, yeah, it's just really nice because, and we've got quite a lot of history as well. So that's good. I like history. (laughs) (laughs) So so there's an item on my bucket list is to visit... London like hardcore I want to visit London what is like a little out of the way like maybe non-touristy spot that you would recommend to somebody coming to London for the first time oh um let me think 
in a pub and um, share our, our writing. So that's really good. So that's kind of kept me going. And then I think after that, we all started writing sort of more longer pieces. So another one of my writing group, she's written a novel as well, which is almost finished. She's hoping to get that published. So, um, so that was kind of when I started to become a bit more serious about it. And then I probably had in my head, oh, I'll get published one day, but it probably won't happen, but I'll give it a go. And, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I guess then it did. <laughs> but as, as to whether I want to do it full-time, I don't know. I mean, I, I like getting out and seeing people. And I think if I was a writer full-time, I'd have to obviously stay in and do a lot of writing on my own. And, I, you know, I do like actually going and socialising with people. And, my, you know, my job, obviously, is spending lots of time with adults and children. And, and I really love that part of it. So... I, don't, I mean, the moment it's kind of good being part-time teacher and part-time um, author, although, you know, it would be nice to make a bit more money. But <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Um, one thing uh, about the world is there never seems to be, you know, we always seem to need more money. You know, when we start making more money, things start being more expensive. Then we need to start making more money. Then things start being more expensive. Yeah. You know, right. Inflation here has skyrocketed because of that. So, you know, my, my husband and I um, are, you know, we're starting to notice like a rise in, in grocery prices. And we're like, yeah. Okay, how are we going to eat cheap? <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it's um yeah. I I definitely understand the the desire to um want to make more money. I, I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, it's not about being rich. I don't really care that if I'm filthy rich or anything, but it's just having enough to kind of, you wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we are, we're almost out of time. Um, do you have any last bits of advice, any last tips, um, any last comments um, that you would like to tell other authors, maybe ones who have, you know, have an idea but have not started writing their book yet? Mm. I would say um, just keep going at it because you know it does take a lot of determination and sometimes you feel like you're never going to get there but you know if you keep going and keep at it and get lots of support and get people to read your writing and you know that really helps but yeah don't give up because you know if I can do it then everyone else can do it <laughs> I, yeah I love that um, that's that's always one of my one of my favorite things when somebody says that you know hey if I can do it so can you and um, you know and in some ways it it almost seems like self demeaning but it's but it's, but at the same time it's not because it's you know it's it's a recognition of the hard work that goes into something like writing a book. And, you know, I, I love that that, you know, it actually is an encouragement. It actually is saying, you know, look, I am a normal person. I work a day job. I have family responsibilities. If I'm able to make the time and if I'm able to put in the work to, you know, to write a book and have it published, anybody can, you know, anybody, yeah. you know, if you are willing to put in that work, if you are willing to put in that time, then it is possible. And, and I love that, that, you know, that that's encouraging, uh, even if it doesn't always yeah. sound that way, it, you know, it actually is. Um, so I hope that yeah. authors, I hope that authors can take that for the encouragement that it is. Um, Definitely. 
Right. And I think, you know, people have the talent, but sometimes it is the time. But, yeah, you just have to sort of try and put in the time and, you you know, even if it takes a little while longer, you, you know, you can get there. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, okay, so we have made it through <laughs> the sound issues. I hope that the recording is not horrible when I go back and listen to it later. Um but thank you so much for coming and visiting with me today and chatting oh, about this. Um, I, um, I hope that people will go um, and vote in the Picky Bookworm Awards. Again, yours is up for most beautiful cover. Um, there's a lot of really, there's a lot of really great choices. Um, so I hope that people will go and um, vote and um I hope that I will see you again on Twitter. Absolutely. No, that'd be brilliant. Thank you so much for your support. Oh, thanks, Vicky. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye.